Everything from overlanding everything in your stock rig to full-on LS Power two buggies on stickies. This is kind of the Total Off-Road Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Trevor. And I'm Cody. And this is episode 170. So this is not a normal episode. I'm not Derek, Mike, Steve, Ian, or anyone else that normally hosts this podcast, but everybody else is busy this week and they gave me logins. So we're going to do a podcast and we're going to stick it on the website for your guys' listening pleasure. So like we said, I'm Kyle and we have Trevor Torrens, Trailer Time Torrens, and Mr. Cody Trammell here with us. So good to be back. Can't get rid of you, can we? Thanks for having us. So this isn't going to be as long of a podcast because it's 10 o'clock at night and we value our sleep. So Trevor, yeah, allegedly Trevor, you're doing uh, axle projects. You're leaving the Dana 30 life. Yeah, I am. Last time I was on, I think it was two weeks ago that we last talked about my JK Rubicon Data 44 front axle that I'm building for my Cherokee. Um, at that point in time, I had ordered basically all the parts that I thought I was going to need. And then found out that the only aftermarket locker you could get for a Rubicon 44 is a 35 spline uh, carrier, not a 30 spline. So it has scope creeped a little further into now having 35 slide RCVs to go with that that carrier. So I'm hoping that it'll be a pretty hard to break front axle. So that's that's the new news there. I just got all those parts. Um, I got the RCVs yesterday, and they are a. Uh, Nice piece of equipment, real good in the hand. Should be. <laughs> maybe we'll Should make be the nice. maybe we'll make the episode cover either something from Cody or uh, the box of all your parts. Oh, there's our two photos. Actually, we'll just use those. Yeah, that sounds good. That'll be perfect. So that's my update. I haven't put anything together more yet. I just spent a bunch of money and have cool stuff. Well, now the fun begins. Indeed. So I also do not have much to report. Um, I have not been home for several months every single weekend. So I got the title for the army truck posted that in the Facebook page. So it's, it's officially and legally mine. It's got plates. It's got, I got the title, which actually came really fast. It was only uh, two weeks, I think to get the title. Surprised they didn't lose it. Yeah, no kidding. Except they put, so they forced me to put a model number, which I really didn't want to do. Um, But so I told her the model number is M37. And so she put M space 37. And although it is menial and not important, it still drives me absolutely crazy that it's now (laughs) going to have a space on the title. (laughs) It would just be like if the truck had a badge for the last... 50 years on it and the dash just broke off it's the same difference (laughs) yeah it's just kind of like one of the mounting tabs is broken it's just kind of hanging off to the side exactly that's perfect yeah i haven't done much uh the jeep came out for a little little photo shoot that i did for a friend's wedding and then it went back in its spot and it's continuing to sit there so 
hopefully now that I have some free weekends, we'll actually get something done. So was your Every... friend also getting married to the data 30 life? No. So some of the people of the podcast know this, but I send out Christmas cards every year because nobody does great. them anymore. Yeah. Nobody, nobody does Christmas cards anymore. So it's like, I'm going to keep doing them. And, uh, you know, that whole thing. So it's always off-road related. And I send it to, I think this past year I sent it to a hundred people and, um, they're one of the people that get the card and they're like, for our wedding, we want a custom wedding card. So we dressed up my truck and my Jeep, um, as if it was bride and groom and put them in the backyard. <laughs> and that was, uh, so the two, it's like the, the Jeep and the, and the Duramax were getting married. Um, so I did a little little photo shoot of that. Actually, turned out pretty good. So, well, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that was uh, that was my little exciting adventure. But somebody in here actually went wheeling, and he's actually never been on the podcast, which blows my mind, considering how many times I've brought up the tri-state stump jumpers. So this is the president of the stump jumper club. Um, do you want to tell a little bit about yourself, Cody? Sure. Um, yeah, like Kyle said, I am now the president of stump jumpers have been for a while. Um, grew up pretty much four wheeling from the beginning. Um, dad's been part of the stump jumpers for, I want to say almost 45 years, somewhere in there. I didn't realize um, the club was that old. Holy crap. Yeah, that's next year. So next year will be our big 50th anniversary where we'll probably do some kind of hog roast and get together during the summer. Oh, so, I can't wait for that. Yep. So we wheeled um, multiple different vehicles. He started with a blazer, turned to a CJ5, switched to a CJ7. Um, when he rebuilt to CJ7, I was born. So I have a picture of myself in a car seat in his freshly rebuilt CJ7. Like I said, it's a inline six, um, you know, a Dana 44s in it, open, open on 33s. And I've been running, you know, riding shotgun with him until I was old enough to drive. And then... And by drive, you mean old, old enough to see over the dash? Well, that too, <laughs> but the, with the stump jumpers, they do have a rule that you're not allowed to drive on trails until you're 16. Oh, According to what they're, we have bylaws and stuff that we've had to go through lawyers with. So you, I was running in the fields probably at 10. <laughs> That's how I learned to drive a stick with that Jeep. Um, but then I never actually got to wheel that Jeep off-road because by the time I was 16, 17 years old, it was, it has seen its days with being sitting outside and this Wisconsin salt with driving it in the winter. Um, they used to take that. I mean, back in the day, they drove it everywhere, you know, and they drove it, drove it all the way up to uh, their Memorial Day weekend run, which I think jade was part of because it was always up at that off-road park at that uh sound sun or that ski resort up by minnesota that she talked about so oh okay they went up there for years and i have videos on vhs tape of runs up there from my uncle and father i just can't even imagine bringing a uh (laughs) bringing a um 
recorder with a VHS stuck in the side on oh an off road trail. That is and amazing. Try, yeah, and try and ride in a CJ7 with it on your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you should nice. get those converted to digital. Those would be awesome to watch. Yes, I need what, to. What I picture when you talk about using one of those VHS recorders was Jeremy at the uh, core event and him falling down all the hills with just like a GoPro in his hand. Imagine he's carrying this suitcase on his shoulder, going down with that thing, you just clobber yourself with it. Yeah. So after that Jeep, I bought a 2005 Rubicon that I four-wheeled for about, I want to say, eight years. Had a six-inch lift, 37-inch IROX, you know, with the whole Rubicon thing, fully locked front and rear. Um, went again to abuse and beat that thing. Uh, hard top doors wouldn't fit by the time I was done. Put a whole custom Crazy. roll cage in it. And then family things hit, so sold that. And dad had this 1990 YJ sitting in the backyard. And I looked at him a couple years later and said, let's go four-wheeling again. So we had a, it's got a 350 Chevy with the Chevy motor, or Cheney and trans case in it with the uh, three-speed with the granny low, so manual. Uh, it's got Wagoneer 44s front and rear. Um, fully welded front and rear for lockers and still running 33 and super swampers. And then just to be weird, we have a set of bead locks on the back wheels. <laughs> you blow a couple set of tires off the beads to, to justify that. Well, they kept leaking and, uh, we could only find two sets of rims to put bead locks on. Um, the fronts are 15 by 10s, and we switched to 15 by 8 so that with the 12 and a half inch tire, it seated better on the inside with the bead locks. So we we're on the hunt for two more 15 by 8 wagon wheels for a Wagoneer Axle, which is like a 6 by 5 and a half bolt pattern. <laughs> It'd be weird. Yeah, I didn't think about that. The UV six lug, and that makes that a little, little more interesting for finding that size wheel. Yeah, I mean, we got the we got the uh, beadlock ring sitting in the garage because where my dad works, he's got access to a plasma plasma cutter and water cable. So he cut out his own beadlock rim or rings, and had a buddy of his weld them up and install them all ourselves. So. The DIY weld on B locks. I like it. Yeah. I like that Jeep, honestly. Like this, this is something that, um, because how, how long have you been wheeling that thing now? Uh, we've been, I want to say, wheeling that Jeep for, I want to say, five or six years now. Really? So, okay. Yeah. Cause it, it's one of those Jeeps where like it's not the biggest, it's not the craziest, but like, it just does what it can do super well, reliably, and you've you like you have enough seat time. You know, Holly always yep. says seat time over everything. Like I've watched you wheel that thing, and like you just know what it's going to do and where to stick it to get it to do it. Yep, I mean, and that's the thing. I've like you said, with Dad being in the club that long and me riding passenger seat with him for years growing up, 
And then when I didn't have that Jeep, I was riding with someone else. So, I mean, I've anywhere from a bone stock CJ on 33s open, open to something that could run a 4,400 class at King of the Hammers on trail rides. We had a guy that bought one of those um, pretty much buggy rock crawl race that was tagged for a 4,400 at one point. And he brought that a couple times to a run and he even let me drive it one time. And that was a hell of a fucking ride. Yeah. I bet that was fun. <laughs> How many times did you go to the bank to ask for a loan after going Not, for a ride in that thing? <laughs> I knew better, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. Seat time over everything is what I tell people. I our club does a run in May where if anyone's new to the off-road going off-road, we do a run with Rich at the Complete Off-Road Ranch. And it's a much lower, slower paced, but we will pretty much walk anyone through an obstacle. And if they don't want to do it, that's fine. And then they kind of test out what their Jeeps are made of and see what the whole off-roading is about which is the best that I can say. Either you do that or you just ride with someone first and see how the vehicles react. Because I can't tell you the amount of times where people have taken their Jeeps off road, never put it in full drive before, and we'll put them up an obstacle. And they never would have thought in years that they could have drove up it with their Jeep. <laughs> and I mean, it. we had a friend a couple of years ago in my own personal off-road group. He showed up with a what most would call a mall crawler JK. I mean, he showed up, he opened the door, his electric steps swung out. Um, he turned on his green halos and he came over and talked to us, you know, it was on 20 inch wheels. And I mean, we, we were all standing there like who invited this guy. And very quickly we discovered that, you know, he bought the things that he did because that's what he thought he needed mm-hmm. because he didn't know any better. And this, to this day, it's one of the most, capable rigs out of like our little small group just because the the you know the newer jk's they just do well in their stock form or with you know very little modification but i mean since you brought it up i have the schedule right here um i guess we can like so it's saturday may 27th 11 a.m meeting place is roadies so it's a little little bar yeah, just outside of Dubuque by the fairgrounds. If anybody wants to come, I'll, I'll probably honestly go to it just to well, you know, see it's, everybody. It's and... Memorial Day weekend, too, so it's a three-day weekend. Oh, that's even better. And you know you're, <laughs> you know you're not going to be at a busy park for it either. Nope. So, I mean, we've, we have a few of the guys. I mean, Terry and Chris will probably be there from the shop, and Rich will be there with his prop, being in his property. And few other guys from the club usually go and help out and you know it's kind of one of those things we go there expecting not to do a lot of trail riding because we're teaching people and we've had years where only one or two vehicles have shown up that have never been off-road and by the time we're done we're doing almost a normal a normal run run. (laughs) because it's surprising what like people that get into this thing consider four-wheeling like there's guys that'll come out though you know we usually start about 10 o'clock on a normal run just because we have a lot the big the properties we have some of them are pretty big or we got to drive to them that by 
by like almost one, two o'clock, people are ready to leave. Half the group's leaving by one, two o'clock. And then we're out here going and doing harder stuff and out there till sometimes five, six o'clock. Or if you're like Rich's and we were in one of his back ravines, which you guys have not seen. It's what they call the North Ravine. Yeah, I believe that's the one we never got to. Nope, that's the one directly behind his his house. We were down in that ravine one night. Now, take it, it's like a, you know, end of July, or August time frame. So, you know, light fairly long. I think it was 1130 before we got out of that hole. Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, A guy had broken a steer, one of the, the steer arm for his Jeep. And we had no way of fixing it other than, you know, ratchet strapping and doing some somewhat trail fixes with a high lift jack. And we are in the ravine of that. And the only way out is either down or straight up embankments. So we had to go down to the trail out and then uh, ended up having to winch almost everybody out of that trail because it was too wet and steep to get out of it. Jeez. So it was just a guarantee you went as far as you could and then started um, throwing before, winch line. Yeah. When they started going up it, they, they started going up and we jumped out of the Jeep behind. We hooked our winch cable up to him, free spooled it. Once he got to the top, they switched it to the tree, engaged it and started winching ourselves up. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I like it. That's it's just we were at that point where it's pitch dark, we're done, and we need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's like let's just yeah. get off the trail and get get out of here. We were at one point wondering if uh Pizza Hut would deliver to us out there. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're gonna want to do is go up the access road and then take a left on the trail. You're gonna take yeah. your Honda Civic over a mile and a half of rough terrain. You'll see headlights. Let us know when you're here. Thirty minutes oh, or it's free. <laughs> yeah. You know, that might almost not be a bad trip to bring the army truck to. Yeah. And just, you know, if we're gonna be running easy trails mm-hmm. just to go tote around on the simple stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of the time we'll do, cool. we'll do that front ledge and then the flex out pit that he dug up. Um, we'll drop some people down in that first ravine down below that, which, you know, there's still a bypass for that. And then we usually just drop down in that lower creek bed behind his brother Kevin's and run that creek back and forth. And usually by that point, we're calling it a day at that point. So very mm. capable to do the truck. I'll have to think on that. The only <laughs> thing that's not going to be fun is the manual steering. Yep. That's well, gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. What's try and that? steer your Jeep with welded front axles. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like when I had my Aussie locker in the front, it wouldn't ratchet, and when it finally did, it would bang like you know i was exploding a tooth or something every time it, it was the worst it was absolutely horrible anyone that's wheeled with me knows what i'm talking about um it was basically just welded in the front because i couldn't get it to ratchet mm. so it was and you know there i i didn't have steering assist or a hydro assist or anything so i'm just leaning on the steering wheel revving it up trying to get it to turn <laughs> 
Yeah, we get in some of those tight ravines in different properties, and it's it's a battle with the Jeep. You know, it's just like, why don't I go hydro assist yet? Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely one of my. I think it might be my number one favorite upgrade that I've done to my Jeep was putting hydro assist on it. That was a yeah. game changer. It'll be coming soon, so hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I I jumped in on the. Um, did you ever see that thing that um, Advance Auto was accidentally selling steering oh. gear boxes for like yep. twenty dollars? <laughs> I have, gosh, I think I still have two of them right now. Because they they were so cheap, I was like, I'm just gonna buy them. I'll resell. You know, I'll keep one for myself. But I ended up driving the four Advance Autos that day. And I just walk in and say, hey, I'm here to pick up my order. Okay, here you go. And I walked out. So I bought three or four boxes at 20 bucks a piece with a $20 core charge. It's so, even without the core charge, that's like cheaper than the core charge is for buying a redhead a box. Arm, it's not even like the, yeah, exactly. If I remember right, the core on a redhead box was like $85 or something like that. So even if you just bought them for that and then just set them back as cores buying one that's tapped for hydro you'd be still be money ahead. I, I think I'm going to use the one that I bought as a learning project. Like I'm going to, I'm going to hack and tap it myself. Yeah. I was um, going to suggest that also. Yeah. And God forbid, you know, I screw it up. I blow it up or, you know, it is an advanced auto steering box. So if it's a piece of junk and it only lasts me a year, well, you know, at least I tried it, the system's working and then I can either buy a nicer box, do it again, or just get a redhead and be done with it. Yeah. There's a little bit more in and out, but that, that doesn't bother me. Sometimes it feels good. Yeah, exactly. Nice. But yeah, so long story short, um, I'll probably go to it. I don't know if I'll bring my Jeep or the army truck, but uh, we'll do the newbie run, try and get some new people inspired to go wheeling. And if, uh, if no newbies show up, then you get to run on the same property that the complete off-road experience was on. Yep. It works out nicely for me because it's only two and a half hours away. So I can leave Saturday morning, be there, wheel the whole day and then drive home and still be, you know, yep. a there's very. Some, there's some other guys that are part of our club that do the same thing. They're about three, three to three and a half because they were all part of the. Uh, oh, what was their name? Trail something. They were over in the cliffs. Insane train park. Not Trail Hero, is it? No. I think that was, was a group name. I can't remember what their name of their group was, but they used to do guided tours through the cliffs off-road park when that was still open. Oh, yeah. I don't know who you're talking about. So they come up now on four-wheel with us. So I think some of them have over a three-hour drive some days to come with us. Hey, depending on where you live, it's either that or Badlands. So I, yeah, I get it. And like I was telling Trevor before, I feel very blessed with where I'm at in location because the most I drive for our runs is a 45 minute drive to a trail. And we're from here, like I said, from, from now until November, 
there's something almost every other weekend on our schedule. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, there's so much to do this summer. Yep. And even the, uh, Jeeps on the mountain is a possibility again this year. And that doesn't even have a tentative date yet. <laughs> yeah. But I hope they do that again. Cause that was a lot of fun. And then if you're around, there's the four by four invasions, which is on the June 9th through the 11th. That's taking place at the, uh, Dubuque fairgrounds. That's going to be a very similar event, show and shine, um, trail ride through the back. Like there's a army or military training facility back behind there in the weeds and creek bed. So they're going to have a trail ride through there. And then they're going to have a bunch of events on the uh, racetrack that weekend also. So that's another big event. This is why I need double car trailer so I can bring my Jeep and the army truck on these events. Yeah, for real. But yeah. Trevor, are you going to sell me your sell me my trailer yet? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the replacement for it comes along. You already know the deal. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah, there's I don't know. I mean, Jeep's on the mount. It, if it was any if the four by four invasion is going to be anything like Jeeps on the mountain. That'd be a fun weekend to just go, you know, knock around and do something other than Badlands for the hundredth time. Yeah. It sounds like they're in the works of trying to get like a tough truck competition going on the fairground or on the racetrack. So we're putting out events or we're putting out things for that, for feelers to, do like a tough truck competition. And then also, like I said, they're talking about off-road trails and things like that. Very similar to what they were doing on Jeeps on the mountain. So I'm just pulling it up right now. So trails, obstacles, obstacle course, wooded trails, Creek crossing, two muds, pits, mud drags, tough truck competition, Car crushing obstacles. Um, they're having a kid zone featuring power wheel obstacle course, show and shine, doing prizes and trophies, vendors, live music, um, concession stands on the grounds. Um, they're also looking into mobile dyno, tug of war, radio control crawler course, and a swap meet. Jeez, that sounds like a pretty cool event. So that's what that's what their Facebook group is showing for possibilities of what they've been looking into doing. So I mean that'd be a full blown weekend then. I mean I can go wheeling one day when you know I break my Dana 30, then go grab the RC cars and break my little Jeep. Yep. Yeah. Go go play in the tough truck competition and see how much camber you can add to a Dana 30. And then uh Break out all the summer shine supply parts and go win the show and shine. You know yeah. what's funny? I was uh, down at a wedding this weekend in Southern Illinois, and it was just in the middle, really cool little venue. But in order to get to it, you had to drive through this town. And sure as all can be, there was a Cherokee sitting there, you know, looked like a good old boy's Jeep. It just had a little lift on there and some big tires. And it was sitting on jack stands because the Dana 30 was snapped clean in half. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> like, this is uh, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I can I can still find broken Dana 30s. <laughs> of course. Was it broken like Brendan's was? Um, you know what? Actually, I think so. I th- it, it was on the See, now I don't know because it was on the passenger side that it was broken. I think the tube broke at the knuckle. I couldn't see it too well. Uh, okay. Not pulled out of the center. I mean, it still could have been. You know, it it was sitting there pretty rough on stands. So there there certainly could have been uh, some more going on. I didn't stop to look or anything. Yeah. Well, speaking of tough truck and obstacle course, we just had one of them on Sunday for our club. You know, I saw a couple pictures from it, and it looked like a ton of fun. It was fun, but the rainy, mist, windy, and 45-degree weather was not the best to be outside. Uh, I'm glad you guys got it because we didn't get it at the wedding. (laughs) Yeah, so we never got any rain Saturday, um, but Sunday it decided it was going to mist in about 25-mile-an-hour winds and be 45 degrees outside. So we all went bundled up and had some fun, so... I'm watching. Oh my God. So I just pulled up the, I just pulled up the stump jumper. So the tri-state stump jumpers, Facebook page, and I'm watching the run of that J 10. Yep. (laughs) Within the first 15 (laughs) seconds, his spare tire goes flying out of the bed and rolls into the river. And he is still just absolutely giving it. Yep. (laughs) Oh, the tires just came off the ground. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, he caught some pretty good air off the one. <laughs> Did he break anything? No. My god! <laughs> so a little bit later, you see hit the water. There's a water oh, yep. crossing, and it kills the truck. Oh, if he got to that part or not yet? Um, you'd have gone right by Kitty recording. And then he hits this big puddle of water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so did he hydrolock it? No, it it knocked the wire off the fuel pump. So they got out, <laughs> reconnected the fuel pump lines, and got back in it and kept driving. <laughs> That's a hit right there. <laughs> Because the fuel pump was like supported behind the back seat or something for some reason. Oh my God. Yeah, Kitty, Kitty <laughs> sat outside and there was cold and rain and videoed a bunch of us doing that. And she's an absolute trooper. That. Oh yeah. She she's the one that does a lot of our videos. At least she used she used to do a lot with the uh YouTube page. But now it's just, you know, it's so easy to take a video on your phone anymore. She just does that and uploads them to the Facebook group and everyone else that takes videos does the same. So. Oh, that was such a funny. Everybody needs to go on there, go to the Tri-State Stump Jumpers Facebook page and watch that video. That was an absolute (laughs) treat to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So we had... 16 vehicles show up that day. Um, we had actually 12 decide to run the obstacle course. Um, any other day, if it was a lot warmer outside, we usually do a two-wheel drive 
and a four wheel drive class. So we'll set up a course like we did. You'll run it in two wheel drive fastest of two different times. You know, you run it twice fastest time gets a, you know, fastest three guys out of the two runs get the time for the prize. Um, and then we'll redo it and do it in four wheel drive. Um, but this year with it being sold, I decided to just leave it as a four wheel drive class, which still took us two, two and a half hours to get through with being 12 vehicles and running them twice. So, and then so this we, run was kind of like your baby child, right? Like this was yep, your I, event. I usually put this on. Um, I kind of took it over after a while because people were losing interest in taking it over. Um, I ended up buying helmets for everyone because we used to have these old open face motorcycle helmets that the club had. So I was able to find some regular full size, you know, dirt bike or four wheeler helmets. And, uh, yeah, I go around and set it up. Um, when we used to run this back before I could even drive, they used to do a blindsman course. So they would set up a course, but they wouldn't use any of the water. They would blindfold the driver and the passenger had to give directions to get you through the course. Oh, oh, shit. Shit. <laughs> so instead of Samir, like, you're breaking the car. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of leaving, instead of doing like one cone like I did, they would do gates. So you had to get through the gates. So it'd be two two cones, and that was your gate. And then you would, like I said, we wouldn't go into the water. We'd all stay up higher in the high land. And we'd tell them to go and they would just take off and you never went too fast because, you know, who likes driving blindfolded? Yeah, you're scared <laughs> half to death, hoping that your passengers are trying to ram you into a tree. Yep. Well, and there's no trees, but there is a power pole in the middle of this property. Oh, so, God. <laughs> <laughs> a former tree. Yep. A tree with so, a job. So that was <laughs> that used to be real fun. And then we lost interest in people doing the blinds, man. So then we've, we've adventured through even putting, um, used to take paintball guns and make uh, targets. So then the passenger would have to shoot a paintball target as one of the, as they were driving through the obstacle course. That sounds and, fun. Yeah, that's pretty cool. No one uses paintball guns anymore and stuff. So we switched it to a two wheel drive and four wheel drive to kind of keep the, interest level going so cody i will bring paintball guns if you want to do that again (laughs) i i have a world-renowned paintball place like 15 minutes from my house i will get the paintballs to do that again (laughs) we used to have a paintball place up in dubuque too just behind pretty much just down the road from riches by sundown oh really okay paintball place behind back behind there but they kind of gave up on doing that too so yeah, we the have problem um, is, is you got to get someone willing to ride with you. <laughs> oh, I I don't even have to look for volunteers. I got two people that will will trade out. <laughs> I know Trevor will let me do it, and I have a feeling he'll let me do it. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I've yeah. trapped myself into dumber stuff for worse reasons. <laughs> yeah. And to be we honest, have, uh, little side tangent here. Um, we have it's called paintball explosion up by us. Um, and if you've ever seen the videos of the one to one realistic scale of Nuketown from Call of Duty, 
that's where it's from. It's like 20 minutes from me here. I didn't realize you were that close to that. That's cool. Yep. Yeah, very, very, very close. It's just right up right up the road. You can take one road to get there. But anyway, that was my little side tangent. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, so we actually, so we had 12 vehicles run it, you know, so 24 runs. And the top two times with me running stopwatch literally came down to 0. 0.20 seconds between the first two. Hey, consistency is key. (laughs) So we pretty much called that a tie because the inconsistency of a stopwatch and fingers of a person can create that difference. (laughs) So we had some pretty good fun with it and that. So, and then once we're done with that during the day, we go to the other side of the property and we do a small trail right up and down the creek bed and over some of the hills that they have on the property and have a little, you know, it's more or less a get into the season, you know, someone needs to test out a rig for the year. It's a very easy thing to do that because some even come and don't run the obstacle course. And they just want to do the trail, the trail run. ride. Yep. So, I mean, I imagine this is kind of like going to a rock bouncer thing. Like you are going to have just as much fun as a spectator. Oh God. Yeah. And like you said, if it was a little bit nicer, we would have had some more. So there, I don't know if you've been on the page still. Terry from the Complete Off Road, he's got his scout out there. Yeah, one of the that, videos, uh, yeah. So one of the videos that Kitty took of him, he went around one of the last corners, and it got so slick that he pretty much turned into a, his old uh, stock car racing from the dirt track. And we were waiting for him to go up the little knoll sideways with a scout (laughs) he was just absolutely kicking that thing oh yeah he was wide open so if you go to about a minute and 25 in minute 25 yeah he's he's moving he just got out of the water yeah kicking that thing he goes the turn oh yeah he's just going nuts with it (laughs) <laughs> that that is my younger brother the one that came with to the core run and to the the winter run um that's his favorite off-road rig whenever we go on these he loves the the open you know kind of a rat roddy feel with it he loves he nope. loves that thing every time we go there he loves to talk to terry about it oh yeah i mean so terry's open like that we have i mean a windshield with a bikini top on our jeep and then one other guy had a bikini top CJ with little half soft doors. And we ran that for the day and everyone else was in fully enclosed Jeeps with heaters. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm watching. I don't know what his name is. I'm sorry if you're listening to this. He's got the Cherokee where it's got like red, white and blue okay, body yep. panels on it. And he's he's given her in it like the first couple of seconds. I mean, he's. Foot to the yeah, floor. I'm watching, and, I'm watching that one right now. The red front fenders and white yep. doors, blue head. Yeah, I mean he he has it on bump stops, taking these turns. <laughs> he's digging in so hard. <laughs> yeah, he pushed it pretty hard a couple times. Um, actually, the person that won it is the like what is it, light gray or light blue TJ JL. So, really? 
Yep. Just made the cleanest pass out of everybody. I don't know if it's the suspension in it with it being the four links and coils that just soak up the ground and they can hit the water going full speed. Oh yeah. I'm watching this and he is booking it. Yep. So between not having to slow down for the water because it's not flooding itself and then the suspension, it's just soaking it up. Yeah. He is hitting those rivers with speed. (laughs) So him and I don't know if they got a video of the other one, but it was a, like a 98 TJ. Those two tied. A true testament to the Wrangler, I guess. (laughs) But yeah. Is that LJ diesel swap? Yes. It's actually a YJ stretched to LJ length with a, I think he said a CJ7 back clip. Oh, I remember this guy at Jeeps on the Mountain. That thing is really, because it's got a 4BT in it, doesn't it? Yep. It's got a 4BT Cummins with a, I think a Dana or 14 bolt rear 60 front. Cause it was just clackety going down the trail and it looks really good too. Like he did a really nice job building it. Yep. And he did it all himself in his garage. That's cool. So yeah. A cave with a box of scraps. They're actually getting ready to go out to Moab in a couple weeks four-wheeling um they were supposed to go out to the rubicon and that's got a little bit of snow on it yet they don't want to be yeah so i've heard (laughs) so they're they switched their planes up and they're headed to moab in a couple weeks so he didn't want to get on it too hard and he had his uh i think about three or four year old daughter in the passenger seat with him yeah, I mean, he's still he's still working that thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was in her four-point harness and everything, so she wasn't going anywhere. But he was more or less just out to have fun and hopefully and not break anything. So <laughs> if it ingests any water, it's basically just uh, methane injection, and it'll just keep going. Or not methane. What do they do? What's the injection they do on water race cars? Yeah, water meth injection. Yeah. <laughs> if it ingests any water, it's just cool the heads, lower EGT yeah. numbers. <laughs> it's, it's just the it's just half of that function. Yeah. But it's still liquid cooling if you think about it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I am very upset that I missed this run because this looks like it was an absolute blast. Yep. Yeah, those and videos are cool. I have the weirdest feeling that some of the podcast folks don't know that this had gone on and would love the opportunity to do it again this year. We could probably make that happen if we get enough people interested. Well, well here, here's the shout out. If, <laughs> if there's enough people that want to do it, what, what's enough people to you to justify it? 20 rigs. That would be plenty, but yeah, oh, I mean, if I could it. get anywhere from even, even 15 rigs, I would definitely be interested in trying to find, get a hold of the landowner and see if we could do it again. I mean, we got me, Trevor. I know Dave's just getting all giggly. (laughs) The idea of doing this, he'll bring like four rigs to break. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess the Ranger is still on the trailer from course. So we can just finish off the frame. Yeah, that's fine. Rip it off or just grab the next rig and keep going. That's right. Reuse, reduce, recycle. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a New York reload. You just throw it out and get another one. <laughs> I like so. that. Yeah, it's what, that's what they call the concealed carry owners when they carry two pistols. Instead of reloading, you just throw out the pistol and grab another gun and keep going instead of another <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can't see how we couldn't organize 20 rigs from the podcast. It's a shame Robert's not in the area, too. I get Robert Chin, because I have a feeling he'd come do something rowdy like this. Oh, and I, and I know it wouldn't take much to get some of the guys from our club to do it again either, so... Well, there's the word. If anyone wants to do it, post in the podcast, I'm in the Facebook page. I'm sure we'll keep an eye on it. And oh yeah, if you want to do it, so hell yeah, dude, that looks yeah. like so much fun. I I won't pretend like I'll be the person in first place, but you'll see a grin on my face by the time we're done. Well, and I and me and my dad both ran it different times with the our same Jeep and. uh I wasn't anywhere close to the front, but it still was a blast doing it. So, yeah. Was there a lot of shit talking going on, like egging each other on to to try Uh, and break a shaft? Not really. Um, That's actually what happened to that red and white one. He ended up breaking a rear axle or a front axle shaft. Just too much sauce on the turns. I think so. Because he ended up going to fix it and never did make his second run. So. But they did get it fixed, and they just went on the trail right after that. So I'm surprised that a run like this, there wasn't like just a pile of Dana 30 shafts sitting in someone's truck bed, like five bucks a shaft. Yeah. I mean, it's slick enough. You know, it's not that big of a deal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. As long as it doesn't start hopping on you or something. Yeah. It's not like we're going straight up things or, you know, in these ravines, you're just straight down things. Yep. You're, you're going around tight. There was a couple of tight turns to make. Otherwise you're just kind of running across flat ground and through some little water. So we have had rollovers and breakage. (laughs) So, because we actually make everyone that run wear a helmet in this for this yeah i mean that's kind of a no-brainer yeah so but yeah back on the stump jumper topic we also get to go try out a new property this weekend too so oh really there's a small group of us going saturday to go do a cleanup or and to look at a new property and then the if you're looking at the schedule the 13th of may Mm-hmm. which I don't know why I'm a dumbass and put it on Mother's Day weekend. But is, <laughs> I don't know if I'll be there. Is the run for, it's the Dickieville run is what it's called right now. So that's when we're actually going to be taking the club to that property. And if anyone's familiar with Southwest Wisconsin, they used to do dirt bike hill climbs down there. It used to be a big event a couple of year, couple times a year where they had a hill climb for dirt bikes. You know, you all these stretched out high horsepower dirt bikes and motorcycles. Yeah, they're running Harley engines and you know, Hayabusa's. We are pretty much on the opposite side of 151 of that hill. Uh. <laughs> so I I remember going, I've been to, to Dickieville before, and I just remember it because I took a picture of their water tower because it's funny. But <laughs> um, a while ago, um, 
Me and my girlfriend and some of my friends did the Trans Wisconsin Adventure Trail. Oh, yep. And oh, that area through, yeah, we ran the twat through Dickieville. And uh, that area through Dickieville and into Iowa is the best part of that up until you get to the coast of Lake Superior. That yeah. that area was really cool. So I grew up in Dickieville, lived there until I was 21. And then I actually moved to Potosi with with my wife that I that met and now married. And we live out towards on your way to like Cassville area between Potosi and Cassville. So we are way out here in the boonies and have hills for days, <laughs> as you guys like to say it. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. As as a flatlander from Illinois, it is always such a crazy thought that you know, I don't even have to get to Dubuque. I only have to drive an hour to see those hills. Yep. Yeah, it's when so I wild. moved out of the Chicago area, the central Missouri, just the street that I live on right now, I took a video of driving down it. Was like, look at how crazy this is. It's not straight and it goes up the side of a bluff. Like mm-hmm. it's nuts. There's moderate elevation just right here in town and you'd never know yeah yeah i love it and well boys I'm, sorry go ahead you're fine i was just gonna say i'm literally about if you go by the crow flies about eight miles from the mississippi river so oh we've yeah been dealing so you're, with some you're of in that the valley. backlash of i'm up on top of the hill but we're dealing with a lot of that backlash of the uh flooding we've been dealing with so we even had to close some of the state highways up here because the water was up over the road oh geez i didn't realize everybody was dealing with flooding oh yeah the they said the mississippi's at it when it peaked on saturday it was at its second or third highest of all time holy cow i didn't think we got enough snow let alone rain for that um, we're dealing with a lot more from northern Wisconsin Mich- or Minnesota area. Yeah, so we got a big flooding earlier in the year with our normal, you know, smaller creeks and rivers and waterways, and then everything up north is still melting. Um, I have friends that live in Minocqua area. They they got eight inches of snow on Sunday. <laughs> God, that sounds. Yeah, wonderful. I heard that there was parts of. Uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan that got like over two feet of snow. Yep. Last and weekend. even some of the lakes up there still have a foot and a half of ice on them. That's that's well, I don't know why I thought snowmobile season was done. I could still go do a run this year. <laughs> Maybe we'll go do that Memorial Day weekend. Go freaking <laughs> snowmobiling. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Well, boys, you want to jump on over to the podcast or the Patreon? Sure. Sure. Sweet. Okay, so we're going to do Let's all the get fun. Let's go be dumb. Um, <clears throat> well, I guess we should do the shout outs. Um, hey, Trevor, you bought some parts recently. Where are, you, where are you buying those parts? Always at Complete Off-Road. Um, you going you gonna to rattle gonna, it off? I'm going to give it a shot. 563-583-5363. Nope. Maybe? Nope, that's not it. I gave it a shot. I don't know. I don't have the sticker on the wall. Okay, now it's your turn, Cody. 
I don't ever call them. <laughs> I just go down there. Five six three five eight three five three six three. And then we got. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> Who else we want to shout out here? Uh, Morflate. Go get inflation. Inflation deflation. They actually posted today. Um, a like digital screen air compressor. I don't know if you saw that. I did not. But yeah, there's go. a whole. Um, yeah, go check out their Instagram. There's a whole new air compressor. Uh, well, I think that's... it's gonna have the same speed, and it's gonna have uh, like a digital screen, so you just you know set it and walk away. Well, that's cool. Um, Off-road anonymous. Go grab all of your, as Mike so hilariously put it, attachment needs. If you need to attach right. something to something, <laughs> they have your they have your needs. Attaching Milwaukee packout cups and packouts to things, they got you. Attaching tools to the wall, they got you. They got, they it got all. all your all your attachment needs. I also <laughs> just ordered some stuff from them too. I got it the other day. I got some toe alignment plates and some tabs to mount my hydro assist ram with. I need to pick up a set of those still. Those alignment plates. Oh. I, uh, you know what? There we go. That's what they make that that doesn't attach something to something is toe alignment <laughs> plates. I, that's the only product I can think of that ORA makes that doesn't attach something to something. It's perfect. We'll we'll send it with that. There we go. Um, Rad uh, Designs never gets any love these days. I feel anymore. So you know, if you still want a shifter, go get uh, go get a shifter. Um, go, who else are we forgetting? Crawler off road. That's right. Off road. What kind of heathen am I? Yeah, go buy some cool stuff. Um, yeah. So there's episode 170 for you. Hopefully, it was uh, up to your expectations. We're gonna try and go do some shenanigans in the. If it wasn't up to your expectations, lower them until it is. Yeah. There you go. Perfect, Cody. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for coming on with us. I'm glad we made this work. I. We're going to talk more about your shenanigans here in a moment. All right. Sounds good. Perfect. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll catch you on the trail. <laughs> Alrighty, that'll that'll work. <laughs> I wonder if I can use that. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs>